Hey, good people. This is your N.I. Dom, back with another reflection. And this is a personal journal for contemplative people looking to think, grow, and have impact in the world. So, hey. Um, I was going to start off this reflection by saying word salad. Um, sometimes we use the expression word salad. When a person uses a bunch of words... But they're not communicating anything. They're just throwing out words. And so it's just sitting there like in this jumbled state of, but doesn't have any kind of meaning. I don't know why they would do that to a salad, but it's usually what people say a word salad. Just throwing a lot of words out there and don't really have meaning. And I don't think that's what I'm feeling this as I start this reflection. I don't think I'm feeling a lot of meaningless words. I think when I'm, I have a lot of feelings that are jumbled up on the inside of me, like a feeling salad. But I don't even know. Anyway, I don't have a metaphor to give you all. And you might be wondering, why am I giving you this recording in the middle of January? Because January is a time for silence, right? It's where I go dark. It's where I stop recording for a month in January, and then I do it again in July. Um, but we've got, things have gotten bad with my person. Really, 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 really bad. And I knew this already, but I'm confronting this reality that I genuinely don't have anybody that I feel comfortable talking with. And after today, I don't even know if it is if I really want to talk. Like yesterday, the weekend I wanted to talk. I don't even know if I really want to talk, but I do want to organize my emotions that are bouncing around on the inside. It's a storm, and I try to want to calm the storm by organizing those emotions. I'm sure that they're competing emotions. I'm sure they're conflicting emotions, and I need to do some sorting. And so I'm here recording, even though it's the middle of January and I'm supposed to be on a break. And I never finished the season. I never finished season seven. I had two episodes remaining. I thought I only had one, but when I found out I had two more episodes, I was just like, oh, no. So I decided to just give, turn, roll them over to season eight, and then I would do 27 but um, I really do need to make some meaning out of what's happening in my inner world. And I I'm, I need this outlet. So if you're new to this project, this is a personal journal where I process my inner and my outer worlds. So I do so by using personality theory. The two theories that I use the most are the Myers-Briggs and the Enneagram. Pushing those systems together. I, I identify as an INTJ 8. 
I also identify as an African-American woman from a lower socioeconomic background and from intergenerational trauma. I'm a trained and practicing educator and social scientist. I'm supposed to switch that around. I'm a trained and practicing social scientist and educator of about 30 years. Half of that time has been in leadership. Politically, I lean into tenets of critical race feminism, which basically means I have an intellectual sensitivity to social constructs of power, such as race, class, gender, sexuality, to name a few. This project is unedited and is unscripted. To know more about it or me, feel free to go to my website at yournidom.wordpress.com. So part of me wants to apologize because I think the last few episodes of season seven, I've given you, I've given you guys quite a few somber episodes where I'm really sad or crying. But honestly, it is what it is, right? I mean, it it is what it is, so. This is probably when I, I'm real. I'm wondering more and more if this is what this project really is about. Is when I have an emotional storm on the inside of me, and I don't. I need to analyze it because I don't just sit with those emotions. They don't feel good. I do not like them, and I start analyzing them. And I believe that that's what this project is for. And I think it also. I started this project three and a half years ago thinking it would be a good place to process my abstraction. And I do that. Not a lot this past year. This past year, we've been talking about a lot of storming, a lot of sensory experiences with with people, a lot of social experiences, rather, I should say it that way. But... But I do, I do get on here and talk about abstract things. But I also get on here and, and I, I have to analyze my emotions. I have to make sense of them. I don't struggle with my abstraction the way I struggle with my feelings. And I just, I don't know, I want to sit with that a little bit. And if you've been following this project and you formed your own opinion about how I'm using this project... If you feel comfortable sharing it with me, I'd love to hear it. You can find me on my website at yournidom.wordpress.com. <laughs> I was wondering if I was going to hit this record button and, and act silly. How is that possible? How can somebody joke when they literally, literally have an emotional s- storm going on the inside? Anyway, so I just wanted to just recognize that that's what I've been doing lately. This 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 project I've been analyzing a lot of emotions. So, and some of you may not want to hear that, and I get it. Um, I listened to this uh, podcast the other day about I the soft side of an INTJ. That INTJs have a soft spot. And I'm like, you know, right, we do. 
But if you listen to these people on the damn internet, you would think that we don't. As a matter of fact, these two women, this podcast is hosted by two INTJ women. So I'm going to be, I just got introduced to them. So how I'm going to be consuming their work. But they, just in case you follow them, they reference themselves as Robot 1 and Robot 2. So they're kind of leaning into the stereotype of the, of the INTJ, but also trying to disrupt it as well. But um, I forgot what I was going to say about it. But And they were just, it was a good episode. I think I got about 20, it's an hour and a half. I think I got 20 minutes left to listen to, but... They were just talking about what are the, how do you get into the INTJ soft spot? What does it look like when you're into the INTJ soft spot? And it was, it was really good. Really, really good. So anyway, I'm just rambling, y'all. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. So let me give you, let me tell you what's going on that would make me break my little time of rest from the project. Today I found out that my person has roughly a few weeks left to live. And... All I can do is just breathe right now. And so if you are new to this project, a person, a very close family member of mine was diagnosed in January of last year. I think the end of January. The end of January or the first of February. I can't remember, but it's been a year. That uh, she had cancer. I never, never stated the kind of cancer it was, and I never, I explicitly stated the relationship. And for season six, which ran from February to June of 2023, I focused more on family dynamics. But in season seven, I got real. And I started focusing on my dynamic with my this person. So as I began to tell those stories about this person, I mean, anybody with an ounce of sense, I shouldn't say it that way. Because if you, I was going to say anybody with an ounce of sense could figure it out. And then you're listening to me, you're like, hey, <laughs> I've got an ounce of sense and I don't know who you're talking about. So, but the stories I'm telling that I told, would make it easy for a person to recognize who that person is to me. And so I'm going to have to process later why it was just easier for me to say my person than it was to say who that person is to me. And I, I don't know why. I don't know why. I think part of it, it just makes it real. Another part of it is because that relationship is so complicated that I wanted to be able to be honest and I wanted to be able to tell the truth without having to worry about shaming her, embarrassing her, publicly judging her, because that's complicated. 
when the road has not been easy. So, a week ago, today, a week ago, last Monday, I'm recording this on a Monday. And so, last Monday, she went into the hospital. And that Saturday, um, I went to her house and got in the bed with her. And I said, we need to take you to the hospital. And she said, for what? (laughs) What am I going to go to the hospital for? And her friend, who's a retired nurse in the military, like, what are you going to do that for? Real bossy and sassy and I... Mm, don't even remember what I said to be really honest with you I just remember like part of it is that I was like I'm gonna be here with you and I'm not I don't know what to do for you and something is going on something is clearly going on with you and I don't really know what to do so we should just go to the hospital because something is wrong I don't know what they're gonna do for you because I don't know what you know, it's happening, but something is happening right now. And you don't need to be in this house by yourself. And just because I'm with you, that's not the solution. So I think if my person's nurse friend would have supported that idea, We could have gotten our person to go to the hospital, but she poo-pooed it. So I backed out of the room when she did that. I didn't like it, and I had to put myself in check because part of me was like, well, you're a nurse, so then I'm just going to defer to your judgment. You don't think she needs to go to the hospital. I think she should go to the hospital, but I don't have a, I don't have a medical background and I respect someone. I respect knowledge too much to ignore that this lady had more knowledge about the medical field in the body than I do. So she wanted to act like that. Fine. We ended up getting into an, a little bit of a spat, maybe two hours, maybe an hour later. I have to tell y'all about that later. That was the first time I was like, I'm going to get on the podcast and process, but I didn't do it. I didn't do it. But I shared that uh, event about Saturday night to tell you that. So Saturday night, I spend the night, Sunday. Wait, so Saturday night when our friend left. It was just the two of us, and um, like, you need to go to the bathroom. She she couldn't get to the bathroom. She couldn't get there. She, she couldn't get up out the bed. She couldn't walk. And there's a little bit of a trek 
it's a four bedroom house. So there are two bedrooms on one end of the house, two bedrooms on the other end of the house, and there's one bathroom in the middle. So she was in the second bedroom on the front of the house. So she had to get to the middle of the house. And it took us forever to get to the bathroom. But when we got to the bathroom, she was standing right outside the door. She couldn't get in there. I mean, she wasn't that she couldn't sit. She literally had no energy to take any more steps. And then she was trying to say something to me. It took her, and I'm not, I don't think I'm exaggerating. It took three to four minutes. She was saying the same thing. She said, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. She couldn't get the sentence out. She kept trying. I'm going to. I'm going to, and it was, I don't, it was a sentence. It was very, and she couldn't get it out. Well, one of the problems with this relationship that no one is going to ever really understand unless you've been through it. I've been doing a lot of reading on other people who have been through it and how it's hard for people to even understand them. So that's been very much helping me because I've been doing a lot of reading. But... There's a psychological piece to our to the complication of our relationship. And in that relationship, I have been parentified emotionally, which is so hard because it's it's just something I've been thinking about like I don't walk through the world in those emotions. Like, I have them, obviously. But my emotions have always moved me into action. Like, my emotions are the... It's the, the engine for action. I don't just sit with the emotion, which is why when then there is no action to take, or I'm not sure what the emotions are, that's why I have to analyze the emotions because I don't like them just sitting there. When they take me to action, it's doable. I mean, it's not fun, but it's doable. But when those emotions are just sitting there on the inside, it's yucky. So growing up, I became the holder of very negative emotions of my person. When the emotions were negative, they were given to me. And I'd like to say that there was psychological unwellness, psychological challenges that were given to me as well. I'd be... I was the person that was the holder of that. I'm going to bounce around a little bit, y'all. I've been thinking also, not in the past week, but maybe past few weeks, that, um, you know, this is the reason why I've studied psychology and 
sociology. And I'm just coming to the... This is so odd. I think I said this before the season seven ended. But my passion is social psychology. Duh. Why did it take so long for me to get there? Because I was thinking about going back to school to to get in like a certificate. Um, And so I was like, okay, do I want to get a certificate in sociology? And I was like, not really. There, I mean, I love sociology, but I don't know if I would be excited about doing deep, deep studying on all of sociology. Like, okay, so like the general sociology where you get the arc and then you start specializing in like some specific areas. I'm not overly. interested in all of the sub-themes of sociology. I mean, I'll read it. Like, I follow a couple of sociology podcasts, but I'm like, I don't need to... I'll listen to it, and I will enjoy it. I'll appreciate it. But I don't have a hunger to go after it. And likewise with psychology. I spend a lot of time studying psych. But I don't study all fields of psychology. I'm really... Have those? I have the areas that I'm deeply invested in. I appreciate the disciplines as a whole, sociology and psychology, but there are specific themes and topics I'm very, very committed to studying. For the most part, anyway. Why am I in this rabbit hole? I have no idea why. Oh, oh, I know why. Because I think part of my interest in studying social psychology is to make sense of my world. I come from a particular type of world and a need to understand it, make sense of it. And, um, yeah, so... And I have a deep knowledge, you know. I have academic training in the in social psychology, uh, but most of what I've known, I did it autodidactically. I think I think am I am I saying that right? I'm an autodidact, didact, didactically. Anyway, it means self-studied. <laughs> the word I'm looking for means self-studied. I don't know if I've said it correctly, but anyway. I'm that. <laughs> and so anyway, so there's been like this psychological thing that my person was never able to go and deal with on her own. So she brought that home and I learned to deal with it at my different stages of development until I was old enough to go to college and then I started studying it and trying to take this knowledge and bring it back. So I got a lot racing in my head. I'm sorry, y'all. Sorry. 
Um, okay, let me get focused. Let me get focused. So anyway, so when I saw her standing there, not able to walk through the bathroom, taking somewhere between three to five minutes to finish a sentence that she never finished, there was a psychological piece to that for me. It was, excuse me, it was just really messing with my head because I was being triggered back to all of those times I was being asked to do the psychological and the emotional. And uh, I don't even know what to say about that right now. Like, I worry that I'm going to regret some of my analysis. But I'm not sure if I will. I don't know. I don't do any of it maliciously, but it's my form of self-care. I've got to analyze. I wish, you know, today I found myself while I was at the hospital, because she eventually went, but I was at the hospital, and it's been a long time, y'all. It's been a long time since I didn't want to be me. But today I was wishing that I didn't have the personality that I have. I was wishing I was somebody other than me. And I know that's not healthy. I'm just going to tell the truth. Because other people can just feel the feelings. Or they could just go off into denial. I'm both. I'm like the. I'm like a weird sort. I can't feel. I can't really sit with those feelings, but I can't deny that they're there. I can't deny what's happening, so I have to process it, which gives me more feelings. And I think that's what my sister is really doing. My sister is burying herself in a lot of activity, coordinating, researching, taking care. Feeding, all of this, all of the physical care, managing all the medical care, and and maybe, I mean, I shouldn't say maybe. I definitely know that that's keeping her busy and distracted. I definitely know that. But I'm also wondering if it's keeping me from having a distraction. And now there's nothing for me to do but just to sit in the feelings. And sit and doing the worrying that my sister is not allowing herself to do. And everybody's got their own right to process and strategize and cope however they need to. So I don't begrudge her. Just noticing it. So. So anyway. Anyway, so my person finally goes to the bathroom. I'm going back to a week ago that Saturday. And I help her remove her clothes. But she was able to do a lot of that on her own, which was good. And then we got back. 
to the room and I had to give her her medication. And she couldn't, she kept pausing for like long periods of time, like trying to take the cup to her mouth to swallow. It, she couldn't do it. She couldn't do it. She couldn't drink. She kept like not stopping and putting the cup down, but like freezing. And you know what's coming to me right now as I'm trying to describe this to you all? Senator Mitch McConnell. In the, our, in, excuse me, in the United States Congress. Oh, excuse me. And he's had a couple of episodes where he's been in the middle of talking and he just freezes. So some people have been theorizing like, oh, that's a seizure. Oh, that's early onset of um, some kind of dementia. It's something. And that's exactly what my person is, was doing. Like taking the medicine, put the pills in her mouth, trying to drink the water. But the cup, she, didn't, she would freeze. And I'm like, oh my God. If she freezes while she's trying to swallow that pill, those pills. Y'all, that... That's a lot. I, oh my God. So I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. I'm like, I don't know. And so I'm thinking, okay, do I know the Heimlich maneuver? But right now she's all bones. There's no real flesh on her. So I'm like, dear God, how am I going to do the Heimlich maneuver if she freezes and she starts choking. I would hurt her trying to do the high maneuver. So, thank God she was able to do it. I was like, I was like, uh-uh, uh-uh, this is not working. So the next morning, I was like, the next morning, the next day, she, it was a little better. We hung out with her. But, oh, I know what happened. Saturday night, I just formed a thread with six people, like her closest people. And I said, she's not well. She is worse off. She is not in a good place. And nobody wants to talk about it. But I have to say it because I'm here in the house with her. She's not doing well. I said, I can do the physical or I can do the psychological. I cannot do both of those. Mm, that didn't feel like it went over too well. But it was the truth. I can't do both. Excuse me. So, to make a long story short, four people came over the next day. We were all just sitting in the house. And I was charged with washing dishes. So that's not completely true. I was charged with cleaning out the refrigerator, her refrigerator. So her refrigerator still had stuff from like Christmas, food and Christmas. Um, my uncle, um, sent this food delivery service you still got to cook the food but it's prepped so it's like prepared but you have to cook it 
So there was no room in the refrigerator for all of that. It was a big old box. So I um, had to clean out the refrigerator, and it was. And I, it, and I'm saying this to you all because I'm moving really slow. That took me about four hours to do. Partially because I don't wash dishes all at one time anymore. I don't know if I told you guys I have a system. I have a system of keeping my house clean. And the, 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 the system is being okay with not cleaning it all at one time. It's a really interesting thing that I do. And, I, and, and, and once I gave myself permission to not clean the house up all at one time, my house stays cleaner. Because I don't have to linger in one task because I get bored in that. I don't care. So, my SE is not going to linger. I don't know what it is, but... So, people were watching me wash these dishes over a four-hour period, and it was stressing them out. But, because of my person's friend on Saturday night ticking me off about... So, what happened... Earlier the Sunday, I'm sorry, the next day, she comes in and she starts trying to give me directions. And I honored, I, I tried to be respectful. I tried to get out of the room. Or I tried to leave the room. She comes out of the room. She comes and finds me and demands for me to come to her. Come here. Come here. And then she gives me these directions. And I'm trying to be respectful, trying to ignore her. I'm trying to be not not ignore her, but go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right? And I couldn't take it anymore. And I told her, I said, you're coming. I said, I'm finding you. I'm insulted, and I'm feeling disrespected right now. She was like, what? I'm not trying to do that. I said, I absolutely know you're not trying to do it, yet that is what I'm experiencing from you all the same. So, because she was also talking about how my person has told her things that we don't know. And I said, if she's told you things that we don't know, you keep that to you. You keep that. Because if she wanted us to know it, she would have told us. You need to come and tell me that she's told you things that I don't know. Like, what's the point of that? What's the function? Keep that shit to yourself. Don't, it wasn't about me. And it wasn't about my person. So, if you think, if, 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 if my person has told her friends that she's worried that I won't know how to take care of her, I'm going to tell you right now, the solution isn't going to be you coming over here giving, being my supervisor. So what you can do, if you don't think that I can take care of her, you can take care of her. How about that? I'm not going to be mad. But what you're not going to do, or like I'm in my ethnic, what you're not going to do is you're not going to stand over here and give me directions and then supervise me. 
I hate to say it, y'all, but I'm going to say it because I'm a grown-ass woman. I'm 52 years old. My relationship to that person, I'm younger. I have less, you know what I mean? But I am grown. So that was that. So because of that exchange, I heard, and then this is the thing, because I don't say it the way an INFJ would say it. I don't say it the way an I I don't know. I said it very INTJ eight, not loud, but very direct. I'm not having it. That's disrespectful. I know you don't mean any harm, but I'm not doing that. So her feelings were hurt. Now, what I don't want to do is talk away the people that love my person. You know. So that's another thing that's been happening. So. Everybody's coming out to spend time with her. And I'm, it makes me happy. It makes me really, really happy because I don't want her to feel alone. But those are not my people. Those are not my people. They don't make me feel good. They're not making me feel good being, you know, they make me feel good in terms of being there for her. But a lot of them are trying to, quote unquote, be there for us. My sister, me and my sister. And I'm like, stop. Just stop. Because you and I don't have the same love language. And then I'm looking at my sister. My sister doesn't take exception like I do. It doesn't bother her the way it bothers me. And I think that's for a couple of reasons. My sister. I swear to goodness she tested as an INFP. And I guess, with the one thing, and I don't know what FI Dom is, but I don't know, I'm going to tell you what FI Tertiary is. <laughs> you know, they say FI is very selfish, very self-directed. And my sister isn't like that. She's very, she feels, she acts very FE, attending to the people around Make sure they, everybody's comfortable. Make sure everybody feels good. Comforting. I mean, she's got that F-E all over her. But she's tested as an INFP. And I see T-E. But I see more T-I in her. I really do see more T.I. in her than T.E. So, I don't know. I don't know. And I'm not enough of an expert. I mean, I don't know enough about typing people to challenge it. But I thought, initially, I thought she was an ENTP. Did I say my sister was an INFP? She's not an INFP. My my correction. 
ISFP. And so maybe that F and that S to combine makes her, I don't know. Let me get off of that. I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know. Anyway. So anyway. So my, my, my person ends up going to the hospital on Monday. And they, we find out. On Tuesday, that she has had a couple of strokes. So that's why she's not able to walk. That's why she's having these, like, she zones out. explains a lot so that's Tuesday I think no that's not true yes wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute that's not true that's not what we found out on Tuesday we found out that she had blood clots that she had blood clots close to her lungs and I was like okay that explains her getting tired and out of breath but it wasn't until Friday because I'm thankful because I said her cognition is off I said her cognition is off I've been saying that and so my sister fought for them to do a scan of her brain because they weren't going to do that and so they did the scan of her brain. And so many scans she's had. And they found out, excuse me, that she had that had a couple of strokes that the clots had made it hit the brain. So that was the other thing on Sunday she was trying to she had to document her medication. And she had the pen in her hand. I said, Do you want me to write it for you? She's like, No. You know, she's fighting for independence. No. And I'm like, okay, okay. And she held that pen and what she wrote was squiggly. And I'm so mad at myself because back when my grandfather had a stroke before he passed, almost 20 years ago, and my stepmom had a stroke. I bought the, I've mentioned this in this project before. I bought the book, Stroke of Insight. If you had, you guys go read that book. That is a good, good book. And just learning about what happens at the early stages of a stroke and what, if, if somebody starts exhibiting certain signs, you should do certain things and, but her speech was never slurred, but she was like, in the middle of talking, she would just zone out. But now that I think about when she was trying to write her medication down, she couldn't hold the pen, and it was it was just squiggly. And I never thought for a second stroke. Never. And she said, I need your help. So I, then I wrote it. This is the part 
that I'm probably going to need some time to process. I'm not going to be able to do it all in this recording. This is one of the things that's really bothering me. I feel so inept on every, on almost every level. I feel inept that I wasn't able to help her navigate this illness. I feel so bad about that. I feel inept because I don't know I don't know how to tend to the physical stuff. You know, I'm not. That's not me. It's not my superpower. Like my sister, my sister is so good at attending to physical care. She was like that. Well, my dad is beautiful to watch. Beautiful to watch. That's not me. The thing that I'm good at was taken from me. So I'm a good decision maker. I'm very good at making good decisions for the most, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm not perfect, but I'm, it's good because I'm really analytical. I'm well studied. I'm very, very comfortable saying I don't know and I'm going to go find out. I can sit in difficult spots and sit in difficult moments where other people will make a decision just to make the discomfort go away. I can sit in the discomfort. But I wasn't given that jurisdiction. So. I got an inkling about a year ago. Um, Yeah. About a year ago, my person started getting her affairs in order. Her insurance papers, her will. Um. I got an inkling then that I wasn't going to be the person to handle her affairs. And this is where you're going to know who I'm talking about if you just don't know yet. This is the other part that's really hard for me. Because I was raised to be responsible. To be responsible, to feel responsible. And when... Things went bad. I got in trouble because I was I was supposed to have it together. So I was put in charge, and that just feels like the right for place for me. Plus, I'm the oldest, but that's just not. I, I just have been cut off from that. She did not designate me in that capacity. And that is fine. It's fine. I mean, honestly, it really is. I have other things to be responsible for. But it does make me feel like all of the things that I can do really well, I'm not invited to do those things. And all of the things that I don't do well, everybody's expecting me to do it. And I'm just like, so. Anyway, so petty. Like I said, I'm not going to one day look back on this time and regret being petty. We'll see. 
I don't really even think it's petty, but I think I'm in a culture that doesn't value self-care and wellness. I do. So, you know, I think another way I feel inept is that I just don't have the people gene. I don't have it. And I think that there are things you... I was reading this article. Um, I've been doing Facebook Lives, you guys. Not under your NI... Not, a, not under my name for this project, but under my real name. So I've been doing that. I have to talk to you guys about that when when season eight begins. I'm like, how is that going to impact my weekly practice with you all? Because it might a little bit. But anyway, I've been doing Facebook Lives weekly. And I thank you all because I've been able to practice with you all audio. But in Facebook Live, I'm recording my face too. So it's like going to the next level. And uh, I'm more scripted there. I'm going to have to talk about why. I'm not, I don't write out the script, but I have an outline. And I don't get on that. I don't have an outline when I get on the but uh, when I get on the, this project. So anyway, well, we'll come back to talking more about the Facebook Live. But anyway, I was reading the, um, an article that talked about. I was doing a uh, Facebook Live, um, a Facebook Live, and anyway, I was prepping for that. So I was reading an article, and it was just talking about how. We're so governed by these norms and scripts in the social world that when somebody fails to operate according to the script, it can make other people angry. So I just don't do people because I don't do the scripts. And, uh, but anyway, because I've got a little distracted, so. I want to try to bring closure. But I just have been feeling really, really inept. Really, really inept. So, for all those reasons that I mentioned, and maybe more reasons. But, um, um, but anyway, so Friday we were told that, um, there was an actual that the blood clots had uh, made it to her brain, so she had a stroke. I may have said this already. I'm sorry. I'm getting a little like I'm distracted. <sighs> they didn't tell me I was at work, and I thought it was really weird that all during the week I was getting a lot of messages when I was at work. But Friday, I didn't get a lot of messages. But that was really weird. And when I got off work, I remember calling my sister like, hey, what's going on? And, uh, you know, they were... um, I, I didn't talk to many people. I talked to my sister. and She was, so I asked her if she'd been crying. 
And she said, yeah, off and on all day. And they, we knew that they had taken her off the chemo drug because they couldn't, they had to first deal with the blood clots before they could really deal with, she was taking a chemo pill every day that she did. She'd already made a decision that she was going to stop taking it. But, um, so we knew that she wasn't going to take it. And we also knew that that was a big decision because of how aggressive the cancer is. So, um, I'm sorry, you guys, I'm getting distracted again. So anyway, my sister was like, well, when are you getting to the hospital? When are you going back to the hospital? I was like, well, I got to go home. I got to cook something to eat because I haven't had any food, food, so I got to cook me something. I got to take care of the dogs. I said about five or six, so I really wanted to just take a break, take a nap, but I couldn't, so I went out, I went out to the hospital, and my uh, my aunt was there, one of my aunts, I was like, who doesn't drive at night? I was like, what are you doing? Oh, I was just coming back. My uncle was with her. I was like, in my head, I was like, this is odd. So when I got in the room, my aunt was like, well, she's here now talking about me. So I was in the hospital room. My person was in the hospital room, my sister and my aunt's husband, my uncle. And then my sister was on the phone and she wasn't really talking a lot. I mean, excuse me, she was like talking like a lot of casual stuff and so finally I just looked at my aunt I said is there something else is there something else supposed to be telling me and then my aunt was like yeah I'm waiting for your sister to start so I praised myself and what my sister said on the, for the phone is that because of her medical condition with strokes and her body no longer responded to the cancer. There's nothing else that they can do. So they're stopping cancer treatment. And I, you know the implications of that. So. I took it. And I was literally watching my person. Seeing how she was handling it. And she looked so scared y'all. She looked so scared. She looks so scared, so alone. <laughs> I'm sorry. She just looks so scared. So, um, uh, so I walked out of the room. And I, not right away, but I had so much anger in me, y'all. I just wanted to scream and punch something. So I had to find a private room. So yeah, had a, they had a, what do you call those rooms? Chapel. Medi- they don't call it a chapel. Now they call it a meditation room. So I went in there. I just got on the floor and just started sobbing. Because I didn't want to do it in front of her. Because she was watching me. So I eventually came back in the room. And, and just tried to ride it out. 
And later, my sister told me that the doctor, she thought she heard the doctor say weeks. But she didn't push it. I'm like, oh my God. Well, we talked to the one of the doctors today and she confirmed it. They're thinking two to three weeks. <laughs> it's unbelievable. It's just unbelievable. Oh my God, it's just unbelievable. So, <clears throat> so there's that. And, uh, <clears throat> so I said, I started this reflection off by saying there are all of these feelings. So I talked about the feelings of ineptness. I talked about the feelings of the people tax. I talked about being cut off from my strengths, being asked to do things that I'm not strong in. And there's this final thing that I want to try to get out, and then I'm going to stop talking. Um... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Something is something is happening in my space, and I'm always just <laughs> get distracted by either I'm distracted by something that's happening in my head, or I'm distracted by what's happening in the outer world. So I'm just distracted. But anyway, uh, this last thing I want to try to explain, I don't have any words for it, but I'm really gonna struggle. I'm gonna take a nap. I keep yawning, y'all, because I'm just so tired. But I don't really have the right words for this, but I want to try to force myself to put words to it. I feel I have a very weird sense connection with my person right now. And I don't think it's really right now. I think it's probably always been there. But we've never, I've never had to confront this because I've never been in this situation with her before. The feeling is, at the same time, feeling so far away from her, feeling like I don't know her, like feeling like she's a stranger, while all at the same time feeling very intimately connected to her emotions, her emotions and her humanity. I literally feel connected to her. Like I physically, I feel like there's a physical connection. Almost like we're sharing the same body. And <laughs> news, drum, drum roll, there was a time when we did share the same body. <laughs> and so... I don't know if that's metaphysical. I don't know what that is. So those are two very strong feelings that I have, sensations that she's a stranger. I don't know her. She feels far away. And that we are physically connected on the inside. And in the midst of that dual feeling, 
I wish I could say I feel one more than the other. They feel equal. But in the midst of that, I am reminded that I'm not her. Her person or that I'm reminded that we're not close. We're not close in the way that I desire us to be close. We're not close in the way that she's close with other people. But one of the things that I realized in the last two days, maybe maybe a week now. No, maybe it's been a couple of weeks. It's been since I've been on break from the podcast. I think one of the things I'm coming to terms with is while we don't have that closeness, she is the person I talk to around for my intellectual side, my cerebral side. I can call her up and tell her about an article I read. And call her up, tell her about a theory. I could go out, call her up, and and for the most part, analyze the situation. That's not a, that doesn't always go over well. Actually, it mostly doesn't go over well because while she raised us to be fighters and to be observant, she's not that now, and you know, and so she doesn't like what I'm in fighting mode. She favors, she really favors power. She, she's, she, I think that's probably one of the reasons why I fight power because she aligns herself with power so much. So, um, sorry about that. Um, she, um, it's just like, when I, you know, when my sister demanded that she had a, a body scan, and my person was like, "I'm gonna have one on the 19th. I don't have to put." My sister's like, "No, we're gonna do it now. We're not gonna wait." And so, that's what happened. So, anyways, she, she, she. But she's the person that I I analyze. When I am going to analyze with another family member, she's the one. Because nobody else. I might be able to do a little bit with one of my uncles. But he and I only do really do uh, analysis as it's relating to the abstract world. I believe my uncle, one of my uncles is an INFJ. And I believe... So while he is a preacher, minister, prophet, and most of the, we we process abstraction really well together. Um, But we, you know, I have more of a secular, no, I have more of a secular spiritual spin on it, and he has more of a religious spiritual on it. That's the first time I've delineated spirituality that way, spiritual secular versus spiritual religious, so. I don't know if secular is the word I really want to use, but I don't want it connected to religion. So anyway, so I want to just talk about, I just wanted to explain that feeling of feeling like my person, like I don't, we're so far away yet we're connected in this pain point. 
Um, I really want desperately for her to do a couple of things I know she's not going to do. I want desperately for her to... I really want her to talk about her feelings. I want her to tell us about her last wishes. I want her to just talk to us about what she wants for her continued legacy. I want to preserve that. Like, I want to, that's what I can do. You know, with her being a minister, and she's a writer too, but she just never published. She's got so many writings that she never finished or typed up. And so I want to, I want to see, I want to do something that's relating to my gifts, and, but that's being selfish, I guess. So, but, um, I don't know, I guess, um, I want her to, to share her inner self in a not toxic way. Because when I've gotten her inner self, it was in a more toxic way. You know, and I think that that's the other piece I have that is, it's not as complicated as I thought it would be. But I just want to let you all know that the trauma and the abusive nature of that relationship I don't give a shit about that right now and yet I still acknowledge that it was abusive and that it was shitty but I don't really I don't really care about it right now so it's not like I'm like oh it wasn't bad no it was bad it wasn't yeah it was not good but I don't care right now. I really, and I've been saying that. Like I finally, I've, I did have somebody to talk to on Friday who has somebody who has a, a friend of mine. She was a former supervisor, but anyway, I'm calling her a friend. Because um, I think we have friend-like qualities, but there's sometimes I just don't fully trust her. And so anyway. But anyway, she has a background in both psychology and trauma. And so just talking to her, talking to people who have that background, it was what I needed. And once I was able to talk to her and be like be really, really honest about some experiences that I had and how those experiences are coming up for me right now, how I'm being triggered, I was fine. I don't have, I think I perseverate on a thing when I'm really trying to analyze it and trying to understand it. Um, so, um, it doesn't, I'm not sitting at the hospital as much as I did for my grandmother. But I also think that I was sitting at, with my grandmother because I was sitting with other people in love. But this is a different experience because most of those people have gotten a different version of me, of who I am, from my person. And I can feel that. And I have a different relationship with myself. And maybe if I was where I was at, the way where I'm at now in my development, my emotional development, my 
my psychological wellness. When my grandmother was dying seven years ago, six, well, six and a half years ago, maybe I wouldn't have stayed at the hospital like I did. But I did. But this is different. Because when people look at me, they don't look at me in the fullness of me. They don't look at me the way I see myself. They look at me through the lens of that my person because of the things that, you know, that she said. So I've been doing a lot of reading about that. Um, so I know that it's a thing. <laughs> um, and that makes it less personal. It, le- it makes it less about me. It makes it more about my person. And yet, and I promise you, this is true. In spite of all of that, like I said, I don't give a shit about that right? other stuff right now. I really don't. All I'm just thinking about is that this feels so unfair to her. She fought so hard. We fought, and it feels like being duped to end up here anyway. She's been fighting her whole damn life, you know? And I just think it's unfair. But who am I? You know, I try not to question God. I don't want to. I just don't want to, but... She's not ready. She's not ready to go. She's not ready to go. And and you listening to me, you might be like, well, who's ready? Who's ever ready? And that's true. But my dad, he gave me peace. You know, he talked intimately about his relationship with God and what he thought about the afterlife. And regardless if I believe those things or not, it gives me peace that he believes it. And he said he wasn't ready. He had work to do. But if God saw fit otherwise, he would be okay. My person went to the hospital Monday. And Monday night, I keep saying Tuesday, but I think it was Monday night. My my person and I grabbed hands. I leaned over and we. I said, you told them that you want to be resuscitated. Like, you know, they asked her questions about if she stopped breathing, you know, does she, does she want extraordinary measures to save her life? And she said, yes. And up until recently, my person has always said no. But she said yes. So when everybody was gone, it was just the two of us, I said, you know, you used to say something else. And I said, you want to fight? And she yeah, she looked at me and I don't know if you can believe me, but I believe I heard, I heard everything she said. No words were exchanged, but I could. she was saying, I want to live. And I think this is what makes this news so devastating. 
And when she found out she had the stroke, she did cry. I heard her. All the days are bleeding together, though. And then my sister said, my aunt today told me that, because my sister is in, still in fight mode, like, so now she's going to some natural, natural remedies. And God, I want to believe that it's possible. I do, but I'm so bitter now that I was, because the practical side of me was seeing it all along. But I was like, nope, everybody's got faith. I need to have faith. I'm mad that at the end of the day, the faith part didn't prevail. At least, I'm mad about it. So, I don't have any. So, apparently, my, my person might be feeling the same thing because I guess there were two people talking about some other medication and my person was like, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to hear about it. And then my aunt said she thought that it was just a reaction. And then they brought it up again later. And my person was like, I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to talk about it. So my aunt was asking me if she thought I, if that meant that my person was giving up. I don't know if I would say she's giving up, but she's probably feeling hopeless right now like I don't have it in me to have any more hope I got I I don't even know and my grandmother said if we all live long enough we all gonna go through it it's a fact that is a fact and she's a young you know my person is still a young person she's young 70 is not old in my opinion it's not but so I think I got out everything I wanted to say in that storm on the inside of me. Um, I'm so exhausted. I can't get any work done. I can't do any business. I'm I'm barely keeping the house together. So I know I have one more episode to hit 25 for season 7. Although we are making our way to season 8. So I don't know. I'm pretty sure I'll do another one. Before the season begins February 1st. But I just needed to come on here. And to capture the moment of what I'm feeling in real time. is Because that's different from saying. Oh two weeks ago I was feeling like this. I, I didn't want to go back and try to remember what I was feeling. I wanted to memorialize it and record it. And see if it would give me. I was hoping it was going to give me a reprieve. But I don't feel better. <laughs> I was hoping that it was going to make me feel better. So, I don't know. I don't know what this reflection is. I keep, I've talked about analyzing a lot, haven't I? So, so thank you guys for being here. And, uh, yeah, that's all I can say. You guys, if this reflection has had any value for you, please give it a heart or a thumbs up or a like. If uh, my conversation about complicated grief, complicated mourning. I know I did an episode after my father passed and I named it, It's Complicated. I'm going to go and listen to it after I'm done with, with y'all. Because similar complication, but for different reasons. 
So I want to go listen to that. But anyway, it's complicated. It is complicated. But at the end of the day, the love overrides all of that. And I've known that. But I am happy that I'm not trying to live in in delusional. I'm not trying to rewrite history. and I'm not trying to sanitize it, clean it up. That I'm holding it both side by side. That was shitty. And this is shitty. And I'm going to tell you, I don't care hands down. I don't care about that right now. All I care about is for her to be well. Let me tell you the truth. Let me, let, me, let me fix that. Two things I care about. I want her to be well spiritually, emotionally. And I want to be well spiritually and emotionally. And I do not want to sit up in an environment where I have to be an imposter, where I have to be a version of myself that doesn't exist. Um, because of someone else's narrative. Those are two realities, convictions I'm sitting with today. So, but anyway, if any of this conversation around analyzing emotion and complicated feelings, if any of that relates to a conversation you've had in the world, please take this link. And share with those participants if my moving about has caused some randomness in you. I would love to f- hear that. You can find me on my website at urinidom.wordpress.com, on Twitter X at urinidom1, Facebook, and YouTube urinidom. Let me give you your assignment. You guys, I can't come up with an assignment for this one. I'm sorry. I, I just don't have it. Um... But hopefully you, you're going to be able to take something out of this. Make meaning out of it for yourself. Can you do that? That's your assignment. Find a way to make some kind of meaning in your own life where my story can move you further in your story. And of making decisions and interacting with people or not interacting with people. Let my pain further you, move you in towards your positive self all right you guys it's been a pleasure hanging out with you until i come back be well bye